You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Bengals fans are amazing. They're resilient, they're tough, but they're fun. And I'm I'm really excited to hopefully meet a lot a lot more of you. Isaac has the big game. Then we became a real balanced offense for the playoff run, which I thought was really important. He put on the greatest route running exhibition I have ever seen in my life. He was he was football twenty four seven, and that was the greatest part of of Chad. Times at times uh, early part i would tell him when we were throwing deep passes i said don't wait too long you know because i'm gonna get away if you ain't gonna have the arm to get there so you know i want to run to the ball you know well it looks like duke's in a waiting room i don't want to keep duke waiting he gave us a very limited amount of time i know he's a busy busy man duke what's going on big dog hey nobody jim how are you man thanks for having me on yeah i'm real busy i'm sitting on my porch yeah well hey I have a little drink going on there. You know, Joe Burrow has played in big games his entire life, and I would think he will be a steady hand at the at the, at the bow of the ship. And uh, I think I wouldn't be surprised if they take him all the way to the Super Bowl. I really wouldn't. Do. Live from the Betfred Studios in Cincinnati, Ohio, Brownsburg, Indiana, it is the Friends of Bengal Gym, brought to you by Gold Star Chili and Cincy Beer Fest, with our uh, guest director, producer, and main host, James, tonight, and our special guest, Jay Morrison. So without further ado, here is James. Welcome, everybody. We appreciate you joining us. As uh, Tom said, Jimmy is 30,000 feet in the air on the CAI private jet making his way back from Kansas City. So uh, you're stuck with us three tonight. But uh, a lot of us, a lot of excitement after what happened in Kansas City this past weekend. I think we went in um, not with a lot of holes, but with planning for the future. And I think that's exactly what we did. So without further ado, we're going to bring on Jay Morrison of The Athletic. Jay, welcome to Bengal Gym and Friends. Hey, thanks for having me on. Yeah, I, I thought Kansas City got a new airport. They can't get a celebrity like Jim out on time to get back for this show. Uh, he was he was signing autographs. There was just a, a <laughs> rush, rush of fans. And we we honestly needed some extra security after uh, the AFC Championship too for him and some of the uh, stuff he's third. But uh Appreciate it, Jay. Um, a lot of buzz. Just looking in the comments here, that I'm going to pop up. A lot of excitement from Bengals fans after um, the draft um, this past weekend. Obviously, when you play in the AFC Championship game, you're not going to have a, a high pick. But 
fans are pretty excited. Uh, do you agree with them, Jay, on what happened this past weekend? Yeah, I really do like the draft. I mean, I, I'm with everybody else. I, I I was I was surprised to see them not take a tight end. I I, I I've got a, a updated depth chart article coming out tomorrow morning, and I kind of wrote about that. Where if you were to list the positions that you were most sure that they would get at least one guy, I think tight end would have been the top of my list. Um, tackle would have been a little bit further down, but I, it's just a testament to. You know, a lot of people talk about sticking true to their board and best player available and all of that. And and the Bengals really did do it. They nine tight ends in the first three rounds, an NFL record. It gets to that point and you're like, well, you are you really helping the team by getting a guy that's that's developmental? And um, yeah, maybe down the road. But they they were they it, it was clear their focus was more on the 2023 season than anything else with this draft. And um I like all of the picks. I don't know much about DJ Ivy. I'll be honest there with the seventh rounder, um, but it, always good to add depth to the to the uh, defensive backfield. And I, I love Miles Murphy. I mocked him in my final mock. I, I think that was a great pick. And uh, really, I, I think maybe the guy that will have the most impact is, is Charlie Jones because it, it sounds it sure sounds like he's going to come in and and maybe be that that punt returner. Uh, and slash kick returner with the explosive ability that Darren's been looking for for years. And uh, I expect to see him on the field as a wide receiver as well. So um, there's a lot to like about all of these picks. Let's go back to um, that first round pick. As you said, they stay true to their board picking at um, 28. You know, we've all done a bunch of mock drafts. Miles Murphy's mm. um, was a player and potentially a position that we were going to target in the first round. But a lot of talk was, hey, there's not a lot of needs for the upcoming season. A lot of these are for 2024, potentially. Miles Murphy, you look at him. Obviously, we have uh, Trey and Sam Humbert at the defensive end um, spots. Tell us a little bit more about um, Miles Murphy and being in the rotation this year at uh, defensive end. Yeah, I mean, what you love about Trey and Sam is they have that nonstop motor where they just go, go, go. But they're, they're human, and and you that that does take some something out of you and wear you down. And whether it's a, in the fourth quarter in early season games when it's hot, or whether it's in the playoffs or late regular season where it's just been a long season and it's 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 starts to take a toll on you. I mean, I. I don't think you're going to see Miles Murphy start a game this year unless there's some sort of injury, but you're, he's going to play a lot. And Sam Hubbard, 78% of the snaps the last two years. <clears throat> Excuse me. I know they would like to get that number down. No, for sure they want to get B.J. Hill's number down. He is far more productive when when he's closer to that that 60% of the snaps range instead of getting up in the 80s like he was last year. And that, again, that's with Miles Murphy. Lou loves these guys that can do multiple things. It's, we've written so much about Lou's lab and how he likes to experiment, move guys around and put them in these different positions and different schemes. And Miles Murphy's the perfect kind of chess piece for that. He, we talked to him uh, Saturday, yesterday. All these days are running together. Yeah, we talked to him yesterday when he came into town and he talked about he's played everywhere from directly over the, the center as a true nose guard to way out wide as a, as a nine rusher. He can move anywhere up and down that line. And I, I think you're going to see this. Uh, the, the the phrase was coined the NASCAR package back when the, the Giants won that Super Bowl against the, the uh, Patriots when they were undefeated. And I think you're going to see something similar or maybe have Trey 
and Sam Hubbard as the edges on third down, and then Joseph Osai and Miles Murphy coming up the middle as the tackles. And that's, I mean, that is one hell of a pass rush. You mentioned um, the Giants, a lot of comparisons with Miles Murphy to Jason Pierre-Paul. Would you uh, agree with that uh, comparison? Um, in, in some, I don't think he has the bend. Um, he, he, he has the, the look, the body type, but I'm, I'm not sure he's, 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 he's quite a direct comp, but that's fine. I mean that he's, he is a very, very effective pass rusher and, um, it's, it it is a, it is an interesting comp and I'm not sure how, I, I think it's closer to being true than false. Let's put it that way. But I, I just don't know that it's a, it's a direct comp. Um, but I, I do, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing what this guy can do because they, they we talked about it a lot uh, at the combine and, and everything leading up to the draft where they, they need to get more juice out of that pass rush. This team was what 29th in sacks last year, and they were about middle of the pack in pressure percentage. And uh, you've got what you think, what you hope is a pretty solid defensive backfield. So, um, don't make those guys cover any longer than they have to get after the quarterback. Uh, which, by the way, there's a whole lot of uh, good ones in the league. It was like that last year. Now Aaron Rodgers joins the mix. Bengals aren't scheduled to play the Jets, but maybe they see him in, in the playoffs. So, yeah, it, the more they can affect the passer, the better off they're going to be. Tom, Jay, go been, ahead. Yeah, it's been said that the you know the best way to help the pass rush is they have a good defensive backfield. Mm-hmm. The best way to help the defensive backfield is they have a good pass rush. We did not have a Super Bowl winning pass rush last year. First three rounds, one, two, three. Did they address that? And are these all depth pieces that will be active and helpful on Sundays? Or are these, again, guys we may not see for a year on the field? No, I think you're going to see all these guys. I I don't know about DJ Turner just because, you know, Lewis talked about this where, yes, defensive line, you can mix those guys in and, and, and go with that rotation. You don't want to go with the rotation with safeties and corners because there's so much communication that goes on back there. And he, he equated it to a, a double play combination in baseball where you just know the other guy's going to be there. You just have that feel. So uh, I don't know how much we're going to see DJ Turner um, the, barring injury, but it's a long season and, and, and Cheeto's still coming off of the ACL. So the assumption is now he'll be ready, but who knows? Um, Jordan battle will probably see the field a ton on special teams. He, Four-year starter at Alabama, team captain, and he's still he's playing 800 snaps in his career of special teams um, at elite program like Alabama. And and uh, Darren Simmons talked about it yesterday, where you know you a 15-minute interview, and he walks out of there saying, "If there is any way to get that guy on our team, we need him." He said he put a big red star next to his name because he's just the makeup. He, he's, he's everything that they're about, and you get a guy like that that can be a huge contributor on special teams. And again, you know, I, I don't know that he right now he's slotted as the, the first safety off the bench, but who knows? We, we don't really know what Nick Scott is going to be in this, in this Lou Anarumo defense. They just signed him in free agency from the Rams. They, they signed him with the intention of being the starter, but maybe Jordan battle comes in and beats him out in camp. There's a lot, a long way to go before we, we see what that 53 man roster looks like. But I thought that was a really, really good pick. And that I wrote about that today. That was the pick that kind of, epitomize the whole draft where they're saying we're sticking with best player available they had never gone defense defense to start a draft 
two years in a row in franchise history. They've they now have gone defense, 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 three defensive picks in a row, two years in a row. It's just a, a total commitment to to rebuilding the depth on that defensive side and and kind of stacking the salaries because you've got a lot of big deals coming on offense. And the more of these top picks you can get uh, that, that can eventually be succession plans on defense, the better their their last seven premium picks, which is rounds one, two, three going all the way back to Joseph Osai a few years ago, have all been defense. If nothing else, they're going to have a very, very, very fast defensive backfield. Yes. We'll have to, have to see if they're in the right spot, but they are going to be fast. Do you see DJ Moore as a slot or an outside guy? Um, they. It was funny because uh, who went first? I'm trying to re- – Zach said – I think Zach, well, I can't remember. This all runs here. One of Zach and Lou were sitting next to each other, and one of them said he could play inside or outside, and one of them said he's an outside corner. So that is the plan is for him to be an outside guy. But you, you wonder if, you know, if something were to happen to Mike Hilton where he misses a game, um, what would happen? The, the, the real interesting thing here is, again, with, with Jordan Battle, who's not in that list. You look at Cam Taylor Britt last year and Dax Hill and even Tyson Anderson, who didn't play these blazing 40s, and then DJ Turner with the, the 4 2 6 this year, fastest guy of any position at the combine in the 40 yard dash. And I wonder if there is an injury to a cornerback, do they then take Dax Hill and put him at corner and slide Jordan Battle in? As, as the safety to play alongside Nick Scott. It, the, it's an interesting question, and it's it's a good problem to have when you have all these different options. They'll, they'll get these guys in, see what they can do, see what they can't do, and uh, you know Lou will have a plan. Tony? Hey, Jay, how are you doing today? Great, Tony. Hey, uh, just a question about the offensive line. We didn't have any uh, draft uh, this mm-hmm. year for offensive line. What does that say about our either our confidence in our current line and depth, or what about Jonah Williams? Well, I, the thing with Jonah is they they the Bengals have all the leverage. That guy he wants to, he asked he requested a trade. Uh, he is not going to hold out. First of all, you start getting fined when he gets into camp if you hold out, and, and second of all, if he if he says he's not going to play. He's given up 12.6 million guaranteed, and he's still bound by that fifth year option next year. It doesn't just go away. If he sits out the year, he doesn't instantly enter free agency. So the Bengals hold all the cards in that situation. And um, yeah, they want to make him happy. But what it says, I don't, the thing is, yes, I think they have confidence because the confidence comes in the numbers they have. Is, is it LC coming back from the ACL? Is it Jonah flipping from left to right and kind of finding a new home at right? Is it Cody Ford who they signed in, in free agency? Is, is he, can he be the answer? Jackson Carmen played so well in that Buffalo game. Um, and, and it seems like the light has gone on for him. They, they feel like they have enough guys there that one of them is, is going to give them a very good option at right tackle. And I just think, if they didn't take a right tackle in the first round, which they obviously didn't, you already have, there's all these questions around those guys. Why add another question? If you're drafting a guy in the third or fourth round, a tackle in the third or fourth round, I mean, really the Bengals haven't done well drafting tackles outside of the top 15 or 16. I mean, once it gets into that late first round, it it just, it turns into more of a crapshoot with that position. And, it almost feels like the better plan to just do what they go outside Orlando Brown. And and I know the money's going to start getting tight, but there are veterans every year on the, on the free agent wire that 
they get into the second, the third wave. You can you can find veteran pieces, and and they're just not as much of a crapshoot as a rookie. And you, you if you spend a second, third round pick on the seventh, eighth best tackle in the draft, and it doesn't work out, you really set yourself back. So I think that's what it was. What that position was. If if they didn't get one in the first round, they they just figured every time they went on the board after that, it was going to be a reach going after a tackle. And I and I am surprised they did not take some sort of developmental the developmental inside offensive line that guy that could play guard a guy that could play center it does seem like they're they're kind of thin on the interior and plus you you would probably like to have another guy come in that can maybe push cordovals and they were happy with what he did as a rookie he's still got a lot of growing to go but they talk about it all the time the competition brings out the best in people so i was a little surprised they didn't target the in, in the interior of the o-line Jay, one um, draft pick, and again, we want to be conscious every time. We appreciate you joining us. We're going to go to a couple uh, viewer questions. Sure. Tim Lyons says uh, he's excited for Chase Brown. The running back position <clears throat> with everything going on with, with Joe Mixon has been in a state of flux. Obviously, um, Samaje went to um, Denver. And this is another pick that I'm excited for. Love the background with him and his brother kind of coming from nothing mm-hmm. in Ontario, coming south and, and what they did at Illinois. Um Talk about that running back position. Do we see Joe Mixon taking a cut? Um, by Zach's final comments, he kind of alluded to he's going to be around. Some people mm-hmm. didn't think he would be. What, uh, what's your thoughts on, on the Chase Brown pick and Joe Mixon's future here in Cincinnati? Yeah, I mean, I, I've been saying it for a couple of weeks. I think it's a good sign that Joe has been at the voluntary workouts. I mean, he know, I don't know if the Bengals have officially – asked him to take a pay cut yet. I'm guessing they waited till after the draft to see where they stood to kind of figure out where that, where that offer of a, of a new contract would be. Um, but it, it, Joe knows it's coming. And, and the fact that he's here, I, 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 he may not be happy about it, but I think he realizes his value is going to be greater in Cincinnati than anywhere else. And that that's kind of where this, this, the legal thing around him comes into play where it might cause other teams to shy away. The Bengals are not going to shy away from that. Um, it is a misdemeanor. It's not a good look, but it is a misdemeanor. Um, the the curious thing, I love Chase Brown. I think that's a great pick. I, I was high on him coming into this draft. What what kind of surprises me is is you thought that whatever running back they took would would be kind of in that Samaje role, a guy that's really good in pass pro and a guy that's a, an established rece- receiver out of the backfield. And that's not Chase Brown. He's he's got some work to do as a, as in pass pro which is fine that those guys it, all you need is willingness at this point once they get in you can learn the technique and and you can get better at it he didn't catch a lot of passes out of the backfield so he's not your standard throw him in there on third down put him in there on the on the the two minute drills he, he's a guy that is uh not, i don't want to say a clone of joe mixon but he, he's a lot like him where he is more of a a bell cow guy, that first and down, first and second down kind of guy. And he's got he's got the home run breakaway speed that that Joe is lacking at this point in his career. So I, I thought that was interesting where you, you thought it would be kind of uh you know a more of a thunder lightning kind of duo as opposed to to two clones. And but I do it, it you're you're talking long term here where where Chase Brown is is probably gonna be Joe Mixon next year, the year after, the year after. It's just going to be interesting to see where that fit comes in this year. Maybe it, maybe it's Travion Williams. Maybe he's the third down back this year. Before we go to uh, Tom to to end it, we have a uh, question here from our longtime listener, Mon. 
Jay, how was the Motley Crue concert on Friday night? Well, I, see, when we watch the when we cover the draft, we do it from from Paycor Stadium. So I was not in Kansas City. I did not see the the concert. I, I but even though I didn't see it, I can confidently say they were terrible. Uh, I, I just. Having seen them last July uh, and, and seeing all the reviews, and, and Vince Neal has lost it, and the uh, you know supposedly Nikki Six playing backing tracks, and um, it was really disappointing. We, I, I thought Poison was incredible, Def Leppard was incredible, and then we left early for Motley Crue. But yeah, for people that don't know, when we cover the draft, we were in the media room that we're in all year long. Uh, we were watching on TVs like all of you, and then when the Bengals make a pick. We go into the interview room. Zach will come down. The coordinator for that side of the ball come down. Later in the draft, the position coach for whoever that player is will come in. We do those interviews in person. We go back in the media room. The uh, media relations department will get the the pick on a speakerphone, and we all stand around a speakerphone and ask questions. So uh, this was 2012. So this was my 12th draft and uh, have done it the same way every year. The one thing I'm disappointed you said that about Motley Crue. I, I say one of the best live concerts ever was Motley Crue, simply because that's when Tommy Lee had the drum set that went oh, yeah. down I, on kind of I that saw, roller coaster. I saw and that then, one, and I had, saw early in the back in the '80s when they were with White Snake when they were at their peak. They were electric live for a long time, but just like football, rock stars, Father Time comes for everybody. Yeah. I mean, it, Mick Mars is like dead man walking himself. God bless that guy for, for yeah. performing as long as he did. All right, enough about music here on uh, Bengal Chips. <laughs> um, go ahead and uh, ask your question. Two quick ones, James. What you mentioned about the, the interior offensive line depth. I know they did <clears> sign a uh, highly sought after free agent who had a by some a fourth, anywhere fourth, fifth, sixth round grade out of Washington. And they also get a guy they hit last year. Seems like, you know, you always have that guy that wows in camp. And unfortunately for him, uh, early on, after he wowed in camp, he he got hurt. And that's Ben Brown from Ole Miss, who evidently was looking very good at center and guard. Um, is Do those two guys play into anything like, uh, you know, why they didn't attack things quite as much? Yeah, I mean, uh, Ben is a really interesting one because he he a lot of people had a fourth round grade on him last year, and the injury was the big question, and that's why he went undrafted. And he he did they, they signed him in, in undrafted in the the free agency frenzy after the draft, and he just never really got a chance to to do anything last year. So he is a very intriguing piece to this. Um, I. I don't know honestly much about the the, the kid. Uh, I believe he's from Washington that they signed uh, yesterday and actually agreed to terms with as the official term because they don't sign these guys until they get them in here, uh, put them through a physical, and then actually put pen to paper. But uh, I, I fully expect to see him here. Uh, that is that. I mean, it's it's not like running back where you see it happen all the time where guys that get taken later in the draft or an undrafted free agency end up making a big impact, but it can happen. And particularly on that, that interior of the offensive line. So if nothing else, it gives them depth uh, and, and a little bit of competition in camp. And it, along those lines, I know you didn't ask about that position, but wide receiver, um, I, I still am intrigued by Kwame Lasseter, the, the kid out of Kansas that they took last year, an undrafted free agency looked really good in OTAs, uh, catching everything from Joe Burrow and he he doesn't have great size but he could be an interesting option in the slot too now that he's got a year under his belt on the practice squad and um just a another tribute to this this scouting staff that they they it's not just in the the draft when they 
they mine these gyms. They do a really good job uh, of meeting with these guys, these top 30 visits when players come in. It's not always the top guys. It's the guys that they they think might be available in undrafted free agency, and they try to get an early jump on establishing that relationship, and it's, it's paid off for them. One last question, and mm-hmm. God forbid anything happened to Joe Burrow, but if for the sake of argument uh, he gets a little ding during the game, twists an ankle, et cetera, right now Jake Browning's it. Yeah. Do you see, I mean, is there a, is they're going to make a phone call to Teddy Bridgewater? Is Brandon coming back next year? What what do you see happening with, in the quarterback room between now and July? Yeah, the Brandon Allen thing's really surprising to me. I don't think he would have cost that much money, and he's got that prior relationship with Zach, and he from all from everything I could tell, he got along with Joe really well, and nobody else has grabbed him. So he's still sitting out there as an option. I mean, they're going to bring in a couple more arms one way or another to to take some of the load off in, in camp and, and probably even as early as OTAs. Uh, you're going to need somebody to throw the ball during rookie minicamp. I mean, it's it's I don't know if, if maybe Jake Browning goes out there and, and throws some during rookie minicamp, but um, it is interesting because I, I really did like how Jake Browning came along and how he played in the preseason last year, but um, f- thought that quarterback could be a position they might target late in the draft. And again, it was kind of like the tight ends that those quarterbacks started flying off the board. There was this crazy run. I think it was fourth round. Maybe it's Stetson Bennett that set it off. And it was just by the time they got to round six, where you would think they might take a developmental quarterback, all the ones that, that really made sense before the draft started were gone. So, and and I haven't looked at it much, but I'm sure there's probably still some other veterans out there. You get someone that you can go sign cheap and get in here and, and just be a quality presence and a sounding board for Joe Burrow. Uh, But don't know who it'll be, but you can rest assured there's going to be a couple more quarterbacks added to the roster at some point. Jay, thank you so much. Uh, Busy weekend. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll we'll see you soon. Schedule release, and then we're off. Okay, I love. I know a lot of people kind of roll their eyes. I love the schedule release every year, and a lot of times I sit there and I go through and I look at all the reports elsewhere, and you kind of put piece it together before the team officially announces it. But I will be in Florida uh, on a much deserved vacation uh, when the <laughs> schedule comes out. So uh, I'll be with everybody else. Just wait until it comes out, and we'll we'll see where where we're going and when. All of us uh, on screen are avid um, supporters of The Athletic, but for those that um, don't subscribe, Jay, tell everybody how they can do so, please. Yeah, you can go on theathletic.com or download The Athletic app. If you're not a subscriber, you click on any story, preferably one of mine. We do get credit when this happens, but you'll be able to read the first two paragraphs, and then it'll say uh, click to subscribe, and then uh, you you click on that. Uh, We've got a $1.99 a month deal going on right now, so uh, it's not just Bengals content. You get everything on the site all for one price. Um, and, and we, we, we know it's asking a lot to ask people to pay for content. We, we work really hard to try to make it worth it. Yeah, it's definitely well worth it. Jay, thank you again so much for your time. Uh, it's been a long weekend for everybody in the yeah. press and we appreciate you carving out time to be with us. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for having me on guys. Thanks. Right, thank, you. Good, Jay. thank you. Alrighty, yeah, I didn't realize the athletic had gotten that cheap. Um, I just automatically is is run on my credit card, and and it's great. And as Jay said, whether you're an Ohio State fan, um, whether you're a Reds fan, lots of great uh, value on the athletic. And um, subscribe if you're not. I, I guarantee you, you won't be um, 
disappointed. So appreciate um, that. We'll talk some more draft after our um, next guest, but we want to be conscious of uh, everyone's time. Tony, do you want to go ahead and introduce our next guest? Yes, yeah, so our next desk uh, is a defensive tackle um, from the 90s, uh, Mr. Keith Rucker. Uh, he's uh, joining us. Uh, he's going to be our first Duck Grace of the Year. And um, he's got a he's a co he's the founder of a foundation called uh, Reach for the Sky, um, which um, we're going to bring him on and uh, he can discuss that and, um, and we'll ask some other questions of him. All righty. Keith, welcome to Bengal Jim and Friends. Thank you. What's up, fellas? What up, Keith? Hello. What's up, Keith? What's uh, what's your impression from the uh, the draft? Did you get a chance to watch it, a bunch of it over the weekend? I did. Um, we actually a bunch of us former guys went down uh, Thursday. We were invited down to uh, a suite at uh, Paycor to watch me and Jim Breach, Joe Kelly, Kazerski, uh, John Kitna was there. So it was a nice group of us there. Um, so I was in love. I, well, let me say this. <laughs> I, I was in love with the first four picks. Um, always looking for offensive linemen because the more upright we keep Joe Burrow, the better chance we get. And I, I know we're all in agreement on that. Um, but I, I was a little shocked by the first pick because I talked to Tony a little bit, text with him earlier today because I was like, so what does that mean for Hendrickson or Hubbard? You know, so I, I was just kind of, kind of in la-la land, but I, I think it was a very good draft. Uh, shocked to see it was so heavy on on the defensive end up front. Um, but I, I thought all the picks were pretty good. Um, I have not seen a punter get drafted yet, so that was that was new to me. But everybody needs one, you know. Game changer, man. Field position. Put your defense in a great position and and help your offense out. So, um, I'm I'm excited about it. Uh, hopefully, I'm gonna be able to get down for a few of the OTA practices and stuff, and and meet some of those guys and get a little more in tune with what I've been missing. Being a college coach, I'm away from home all the time, so it's really hard to to be involved as I would like to be. Let's talk about um, the college show coaching for a little bit for those that aren't aware. Tell everybody what you're doing nowadays. Um, defensive coordinator at Denison University up in Granville, Ohio. Um, it's about 25 minutes east of uh, Ohio State. Um, been up there for three years now. Uh, just enjoying coaching at a level where it's not so much politics and you got some kids that uh, you can teach them the game because their football IQ may not be as as high as you would like it to be but you're you have some input in that especially as a coordinator so i don't coach a position i'm basically just a coordinator and it allows me to kind of float around and kind of watch my uh assistant defensive coaches um do their thing in indy and all of that stuff so other than that, just, you know, my running my foundation and um, I have a son that's a sophomore in high school right now. So trying to, you know, be around and spend some time with him for these last couple of years, because the last 10 years I've been on the road coaching. So I've missed a lot of my older kids athletic events as well as helping out the wife at home. 
the Reach for Sky Foundation. We're going to put up the graphic here. Tell everybody about that. Um, obviously, the, the fundraiser that we're going to do tonight, 100% of the proceeds will go to that. For those not familiar with it, Keith, can you elaborate on the Reach for Sky Foundation, please? Absolutely. It started, uh, we started in 2004. So uh, in 2003, I was working a former NFL players camp and didn't realize that it cost to go to the camp and attend the camp. And I was working the camp and one of my duties was to cross the kids from the parking lot up to the field. Um, and so a van pulls up and four, there's four boys in it and their dad one kid gets out, runs up the hill. The rest of them go park the car with dad and come over. And I'm just joking around. I'm like, hey, you guys don't like football? And they're like, yeah, we love football. And I'm like, well, why didn't you guys go up and get registered? And they all three, like, simultaneously looked at dad. And they were like, well, his dad was like, well, it costs like $300 to go to this camp. And so the one we dropped off is going this year. He's going next year. He's going next year. He's going next year. And I just, it just kind of broke me down. So I was like, came home, talked to my wife. I was like, you know, I said, I want to do something for those three kids that couldn't get out of the van. And so the next year, um, I talked to a bunch of contacts and my father-in-law and brother-in-law are uh, accountants, CPAs. And so they had a, a buddy who was an attorney, started a 501c3 for us. And we started to reach for the Sky Youth Foundation right here in Sharonville at the rec center and it was funny we laugh about it now because the first year we had more coaches than campers <laughs> so we had like 60 coaches and like 48 kids so it was like one-on-one -on -one for real and we've we've built it so this is our 18th year excluding COVID, and uh, we've gotten to the point where we have been averaging about 320 375 kids every year it's football and cheer it's free of charge. We feed the kids breakfast and lunch. We give them camp t-shirts. We do camper of the day awards. And none of my staff or volunteers get paid. It's all about the community giving back to the kids and investing in the kids. And it, it's just kind of taking a, a, a toll of its own. And we just run with it. We have some great supporters um, like Roosters. They cater my meet and greet um, activity that I do the night the night before camp at my house. Um, and I have uh, three guys that are, they run the camp. One is my son, Keith Rucker Jr., Jamie Freeman and Matt Bailey and those guys. So I'm, I'm at the point now after 18 years, I just ride around on a golf cart and thank the parents for bringing the kids out and they do all the work. They're young guys with, that are full of energy but they understand and they get it because they've grown up around me and my coaches from my high school days here in Cincinnati. And it's just wonderful to, to see people being able to invest in our future. Thanks. We have to thank uh, Tony, a big part of our team who spearheads uh, the charity aspect of, of what we do. I believe we set a, a new goal of, of $100,000 this year for charities across Cincinnati and we're excited to um, have you on board. I know Tony worked closely with you to uh, put this together. Tony, go ahead and, and um, say a couple words. And, and again, we appreciate all the legwork you do on the um, charity side. Anything you'd like to add to what uh, Keith said? Yeah, so it's really awesome because uh, I can tell that uh, Bengal Jim and friends and Talking Football is really making an impact with our tailgates and all the charity work that we did last year. Um, I got people reaching out to me and uh, Matt Bailey, 
uh, who uh, uh, Big Daddy discussed, he actually works with me and reached out to me um, wanting some assistance in helping uh, promote this uh, great foundation and what they do. Um, and I'm actually uh, very proud to, uh, to be invited to that um, um, event that's coming up at the uh, May 27th. Is that correct? Yep. That weekend. Uh, I'm going to go out there on Sunday for sure, uh, uh, to be all tonied up and help entertain the kids and uh, just be with them and uh, see what the great work that Keith and them do. So really looking forward to it and excited. Um, you know, we threw the duck race in here uh, for this week and, um, you know, we uh, uh, were able to get a $500 additional to go towards his foundation. And we're also looking for a tailgate that uh, he's going to come out and uh, we're going to um, have him as being the charity for one of the tailgates, too. So looking forward to this year. Um, and as, as you already mentioned, $100,000 is our goal. Um, of course, uh, we would always love to uh, exceed that, which we did last year. Um, and we're already two charities in, and we got $2,500 already raised this year. So uh, it's just starting off really well. So looking forward to it. I'm going to put the um, the website address in the chat. I know things have kind of been hectic the last couple of weeks leading up to uh, the draft. So say you didn't get a chance to participate in, in tonight's duck race but you want to be involved there's the link uh, there reach out to um, tony and if you'd still like to make a donation to um, keith's charity reach out to tony there's a link there and then we can make that um, make that happen so may 27th is the date uh, where does that take place keith that's at princeton high school um out in, out here in sharonville um we've been there when we outgrew the rec center down the street uh, we and I was actually coaching at Princeton. We started doing it at Princeton, so it's at the high school. It's located behind the high school, not on their main field or game field. It's there's a couple soccer fields in behind the high school, and that's where we have everything at. You check in the front door, uh, get registered. If you haven't pre-registered, you can get registered right there at the table. Head down the hallway. They'll get you your T-shirt, get you your breakfast. Head out the back door up the field. And we get the day started. Now, our resident historian here, Tom, I know is going to have a football question before we get to the uh, <laughs> duck race. Tom, anything you'd like to add before we uh, before you call the ducks floating down the no. Ohio? Well, when when Keith joined uh, joined the Bengals in the '90s, it was a bit of a growing period, but but he was sensational in a defense that you know, especially with some of the teams the Bengals would face twice a year, uh, had some problems against the run and and. Keith took care of that, but there were also a lot of fun victories in there. Was there, is there one game that stands out that, that, you know, really was, was satisfying during that area, really felt good during that period of time? Absolutely. I, I, and I, I'm sure you guys will be able to relate to this. Um, we were, we had been in probably a two or three game trip and we end up going to play Cleveland and we lost all of our quarterbacks which led to the emergence of Jeff Blake. And the following week, we played the Dallas Cowboys. And everybody's like, oh, man, we're going to get murdered. And I think they, like, squeaked out of here with, like, a 16. Even though we didn't win, they squeaked out with a 16-14 to 14 victory where I think they kicked a field goal or something at the end of the game. And it, we were – I thought we were pretty lights out and heavily loaded on defense. I thought back then our offensive line was a little a little too old and had a little too much wisdom to be blocking for Jeff Blake because he was one of those young electric guys. And just 
that was that game sticks out to me is because nobody really gave us a chance. And in our locker room and in, in that building, we knew what we had. It was just a matter of going out and everybody doing what they needed to do and, and taking care of their responsibility at the same time. So that game sticks out pretty big to me as one of the That top. was the, uh, the emergence of Jeff Blake. That also might have been your head coach's shining moment as a head coach <laughs> after the game where Barry Switzer – it compared, you know, when his days at Oklahoma playing Ohio State or Iowa State and uh, the postgame handshake, Dave Shula wouldn't let go of his hand and told him he could take that Iowa State comment and yeah, somewhere in particular. Yeah, to- absolutely. So it, it, it was a lot of good days for a lot of people. So but it, I, that one sticks out to me uh, the most. So it, it was enjoyable, man. And, and we had a a great young group on defense, and I got an opportunity to play one year with Tim Crumrod, and then it became our our D-line coach. And, I mean, that in itself was a, a pretty special moment because, you know, everybody knows about the, the Super Bowl with the leg with, with Roger Craig and the whole deal. But to actually get to meet that guy and get to play with that guy and then play for him was pretty awesome. And we had a – we had a, like I said, a nice – defense built we just we needed to get a little more younger on the offensive side of the ball but you know that was the past and this is the future and i'm loving it i i, I love what the Bengals are doing now and especially with uh jim breach with including a lot of the former players and stuff that they're doing which they didn't do in the beginning but it's starting to pick up and and i think that's something that needs to happen to continue to build relationships with former players, current players, and the community. I agree 100%. Uh, tying into draft week, we're going to be raffling off last year's number one draft pick jersey. I believe it's the first time in, in all the giveaways that we've done that um, this jersey's been uh, given away. Tony, go ahead and um, say a couple words about the win- what the winner is going to take home tonight. Yeah, they're going to get a uh, custom uh, jersey signed by uh, Dax Hill. Um, so kind of commemorate the, you know, the draft week that we've had uh, this past week. So uh, looking forward to giving this away uh, at our duck race and uh, looking forward to Tom uh, doing his uh, famous announcing as this uh, has a duck go roll down the river. All right. Without uh, further ado, this is the first one uh, that we've done in a while. So uh, let's hope I don't um, screw this up. And Tom, <laughs> we are off. And they're off down past the uh, 275 bridge. Nobody really taking command early. You, of course, you don't want to take command early. Jessica, I didn't believe Jessica's a prior winner, isn't she? I think so. Yeah, she's the only one kind of, wait a minute, we may have somebody coming through. Jerry Blackwell. <laughs> Oh, Jessica, both of her entries are strong. They're they're down past the east end, coming up on Montgomery and Boathouse. I think they're drafting like like they're at Talladega, Tom. The two drugs. Wait a minute. AJ Armitz is taking over. Oh, Oh, the New York Duck duck out of nowhere. Purple Duck. We have no Chargers yet. Uh-oh. Wait a minute, here they come back Uh-oh. to fight Who's back green one? at the line of Paycor Stadium. Oh, Jerry congratulations. Photo finish. Photo. AJ's wow. going to be so disappointed. 
Let's see. Uh-oh, there's Augie from New York going to tie in. Keith, who knew a duck race could be so exciting, huh? Man, that was really exciting. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's it's funny. We had Kay Adams on last year, and i got to turn this thing. I'm going to mute that duck. I can hear him still quacking. And um, and uh, she, she thought we were literally racing ducks. We're like, no, okay, this is just uh, – Something that, that that we do for fun. We don't. Peter's not going to call and cancel the show. But uh, again, this right. is all something that um, we do for charity. You know, we appreciate you coming on, and I love hearing the fact that the Bengals are embracing the former players. You know, we've had an opportunity to have so many on the show here, and just hearing the old stories, seeing the smiles on your face when you when you come on, and seeing the the message in the in the in the chat and the comments and and. A lot of the fans think of the, the memories um, back when you guys played, whether they were good or bad. You know, they they love the Bengals. They're diehard fans, and yep. and and seeing you and, and gentlemen like you come back on and, and and talk about that, we really appreciate it. It's a lot of fun for us. Absolutely, I appreciate you guys for giving me an opportunity to come on, and and I, I'm looking forward to camp and with Tony the Tiger being out there. The kids are gonna love it. I'm excited about that. That's going to be a little something new. And, and, and we, we do, we have a, a great group of staff and volunteers and we end up with a lot of kids that just love having fun. And, and it's great to see what you guys are doing. And if there's anything ever that I can help you guys out with, please do not hesitate to reach out to me. Okay. We certainly will. Tony. Yeah, I appreciate you. Uh, I appreciate you, Keith. And I'm looking forward to the end of the month, uh, come out there and, and help the foundation out and, and with the kids and, and then one thing that you didn't mention is this is this isn't your only um, event that you do. You also do one up in Chicago area, if I'm if I remember right correctly. Yes, we do one in Chicago where where I grew up and, and originally from. Uh, all my family's there. I have a group of people that come from Chicago to work my Ohio camp, so we take care of their room and board and gas cards. And then likewise, we have about 15 plus rooms in Chicago when we go to do that camp with people who travel from Ohio. So, and, and, and another piece I'd like to add really quick, I think it's really important. The Matt Bailey and Jamie Freeman and my son, Keith Jr. are the guys that are running the camp that we call them camp commissioners. Matt and Jamie started when they were freshmen in high school for me. And as an incentive for, the highest grades and highest attendance off season workouts, I would take those kids to Chicago to do that camp with me. Well, now they're grown men with wives and families and they still come over to my house before camp, load the trailer, see what I need. We get there to Chicago, for example, they unload the trailer and it's off to the races. They love the kids. And, you know, it's, it's awesome for me because I get to watch them give to these kids what me and my staff gave to them when they were in high school as and now grown men. So it, it's awesome, man. And it, it's a great experience. And we turn away no volunteers, no staff. You want to come out and volunteer and, and help out? We got you. Well, we appreciate that, Keith. We're going to hold you to coming down to a tailgate this year. We have a lot of fun there in uh, Lottie, the southeast corner of Paycor. So I know a lot of fans would uh, love pictures with you getting your autograph. So we're going to hold yep. you to that. You're going to have to come on down one game this season. We will be there. Me and my volunteers have already talked about it. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Keith Houday. Have a great evening. Keith.
Who day? Good luck. Thank you. Thank you. All righty. It's amazing how many former Bengals stay in the area and just like the current guys on the roster, give back to the area. It's it's really unique and it doesn't get enough attention. Nope. And and Tony, we appreciate um, you again putting that together with uh, another great – charity uh one thing let's go back to this draft discussion um especially those in online that are watching if you have a question have a thought we invite you to put that in the the chat now one um area that i want to go back with uh and talk about from the draft are the receivers we've got uh the the kid out of purdue had a chance to see twice in in person last year he was originally uh, an iowa transfer to Purdue, so you can't blame him for wanting to get out of the uh, Kirk Ferentz run, run, run um, offense. Had a great year um, at Purdue, and then uh, got an Ivy League kid out of um, Princeton. Um, Andre something Sheafus. I'm going to butcher his um, last name again with um, with great numbers. Tom, let's talk about um, those receivers. And again, if you're in the um, chat area, go ahead and put your comments up. Is there something you want to talk about or something you want to commend the Bengals on, we'll pop that up on the screen. I think, you know, what's interesting with with the first pick with Charlie is he can play in the slot. He can play outside. He returns kicks. He's, he's evidently a a fantastic route runner. Uh, You know, I've heard uh, in the last day, Julian Edelman and, and Cooper cup listed as comparisons and we need depth there. Uh, And, you know, we've got three star receivers, We're not going to be able to keep them all. So we need youth and depth there. And like Jay Morrison said, I look for him to step in this year and be able to step in for Tyler Boyd. Or if, you know, Jamar or or, or T go down, you know, he can help there too. And the same with the second pick, who's, you know, clearly Ivy League. You know he's intelligent. He'll be able to pick up the system. Is evidently just a phenomenal overall athlete. He's also a track superstar. Fast as all get out. Tall strong, can jump, Uh, you you know, in building a roster, you know, we need a team where if somebody goes down, well, you know, that's a shame, but we don't freak out. And, you know, and hopefully it's just for a week or to finish a game or something like that. And those two guys can do it. And also, I think at least for for Charlie, he'll be he'll be a starter one day. You know, Augie points this up, and then Mon has a comment later I'm going to um, add as well. Um, from what I saw, the two games in person, um, Charlie caught everything, was willing to go up, fight for the ball. And um, I, there was a there's a stat. Let me see if I could find it. The, the one game I saw him play was against um, Purdue. It was the first game of the year. It was Thursday night in uh, West Lafayette. And he went against um, – let me see here. Uh, Joey Porter, who we know went to um, went to uh, Pittsburgh in the first of uh, the second round. Twelve receptions, 153 yards in one touchdown against basically what was um, the first second round pick for um, Charlie Jones. So I think you're going to see that type of player going against first round um, potential. I think he's he's battle tested. Um, we saw what happened to um, Tyler Boyd. We got banged up there in the uh, AFC championship game. Like you said, Tom, you know, we're, I, this is probably the last year we're going to see Tyler Boyd in, in Cincinnati. 
Um, T got banged up a little bit last year. So I think we're going to see, um, you know, Charlie step in with some limited snaps this year and then um, a lot of playing time at, at the wide receiver position. But let's be honest, too, how often do we spread the field um, four and five wide receivers, too? So I think there's some opportunity um, there. Tony, anything you want to add about the, the wide receivers? No, but I'd like to uh, just mention the punters. Um, I'm just, I'm kind of interested in that uh, punting position. You're changing, you're changing gears on us too uh, I, too quick here. I had to. I know, the, the, hey, I know you want to talk about Michigan guys. I know no, how excited no, you are to no, talk no. about Michigan guys. But, um, no, that, that wide receiver position, I think, um, you know, again, I, somebody put on here in, in Duke We Trust, uh, Lisa put that. Um, AJ put in here, despite losing the duck race, he's, he's – he didn't uh, turn uh, turn our show off, so thank you for that, um, AJ. Um, Bengals crushed the draft, um, zero reaches. I think, as Jay Morrison said, they had a plan going in. They didn't reach um, tight end. You know, obviously didn't fall where we wanted those guys. So, two great receivers, which I think are going to um, work their way in. And Matt says it again here: punt, kick, returner too. That's that's right. valuable. What a, the whole Darren Simmons aspect. Um, you know, for especially a lot of these draft picks, how many of them can come in on special teams and um, compete? Because when you're looking at that fourth, fifth, sixth wide receiver spot, the fourth, fifth corner, you know, they're going to have to compete on um, special teams as well. Tom? Well, like Jay said, you know, they did have a few guys on the practice squad last year, Kwame Lasseter being one who'd be perfect for the slot. Is he our depth of slot? Because, you know, Charlie can play outside. He can play inside. Um, Andre is, is I think, pretty much pretty much for the outside. But they've got speed. They've got burner speed that when Jamar went down last year, we lost. Now, fortunately, the Bengals are in a position where they have two star number one wide receivers. Um, just adding to that pool, because Joe will find you open, you know, is, is really, really going to help. So it's, you know, I think they're set there. And, and to Tony's points, uh, you know, it's the big game. It's Michigan versus Ohio State for the punting job. I think um, if Drew Sample's difficulties in the AFC championship game invited somebody in. Uh, I think it's worthy to note as much as was made of last year in the punting battle about, you know, holding is 60% of the job. Evidently, Brad Robbins has a reputation as being an excellent holder so yeah that'll be that'll be something documented and watched very closely every day once camp starts and i think you look at would we move back three picks and was it the fourth round where we picked up that additional sixth round that mm -hmm. was rumored all along of hey we're gonna get a punter lay i thought to be round seven um it ended up being what at the end of um, round six? So, so right there, and then right after that, if I'm not mistaken, another punter um, went off the board fairly quickly by New England. So, what was it? Uh, no touchbacks. Um, again, plays in uh, the AFC North um, weather, coming out of Ann Arbor, um, much like Drew Christman did. But um, competition's good. I think uh, Jay said, or maybe Tom, you said it earlier um, when talking about Volson. Um, competition's good. Let's put these guys um, out there. You know, we I think we were spoiled for so long with with, with Kevin Huber um, just being there. I think we feel the same way now about Evan kicking. You know, this might be our, our our punter for the for quite a long time, and and we went up and and got him. Had the need there, and and here we are. 
Timmy says OSU versus uh, Michigan battle at uh, punter. I like the shaved look with the with the mustache and some of the pictures of um, of the uh, punter from um, from Michigan of, of Brad there. So that was a that was a different look. What else we want to talk about, gentlemen? Um, that one comment here. Let's bring this up because I think was it um, Richard? I think this solidifies a lot of what we did. Richard brings this up. The draft is for the future. Um, again, you know, we're not going to be able to pay everybody. We talked about filling holes for the future, whether it's Miles Murphy at defensive end, um, Cheeto getting a big payday after this year. We saw that with DJ Turner, um, safety. The one thing we didn't touch on earlier is how often the Bengals play three safeties. I think more than any other team in the NFL. So you see Jordan Battle there in, in round three. You know, maybe you see the Dax Hill, the Battle, and the Scott um, on the field all at once. Don't forget Tyson Anderson. That's going to be like getting another pick as much as he was injured last year. So I agree 100% with Richard here. This is um, not only some needs for playing time this year, but again, thinking down, uh, down the road a little bit. With the contracts the Bengals are going to be signing to so many critical players, you know, the backbone of the franchise, the, the pressure's really on the front office. We have got to hit in the draft every year. If we're going to maintain the position of being one of the league elites and getting to and winning the Super Bowl, they're going to have to hit on the draft every year. We're going to need young, cheap talent that's contributing and important to winning. And I think that's what uh, today's draft or the weekend's draft was. You know, we got a lot of guys who are going to be pieces like Jay said. You know, does he see any of these guys walking and starting? No, but they are going to play a lot. They're going to contribute a lot, either rotational pass rushing, special teams, you know, nickel and dime formations on defense, same nickel and dime formations on offense. And if you're open, you're even close to being open. Joe Burrow will find you. You know, a new punter, one of, you know, one of the best in the nation. So, you know, yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, it's sure. Did we want a tight end? And, and like Jay said, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if an, a tight end that's going to be on the Bengals roster is currently on another team's roster. And in August, we end up picking somebody up. Wouldn't surprise me at all. But, you know, I, I think the, the draft did for the roster what it needed to. We got younger, we got cheaper, and we have more talent now. And we're going to be our division is loaded. 100%. And, you know, go ahead in the, in the comments now, go ahead and put your favorite pick, whether it was Miles Murphy at one, whether it was battle at uh, three, whether it was Charlie Jones at um, four or five, go ahead in the comments, put those up there and let's see what uh, everybody's opinion is. And again, um, what did we see this week? We saw Aaron Rodgers go to the Jets, an NFC quarterback, that just made the AFC even tougher. Lamar Jackson, I think most of us knew he would be back, signs that five-year um, contract. AFC North didn't get any easier. But go ahead in the comments. Let's hear who your um, favorite draft pick is. And I agree 100%, Tom. Um, there was needs on both sides of the ball, but I believe we shared this in, in one of our group texts. Um, one of the struggles last year was getting to the quarterback. So hopefully Miles Murphy can, can help with that. And um, we see a lot better um, pass rush. Let's pull it up here, Matt. Chase Brown at uh, running back. Again, 
Love that. Love the background. You have to go back and watch the background on that. Our New York buddy says um, battle. He must have had a couple too many drinks on uh, Friday night. Thought he was gone um, when we drafted him. He was still there. Mark, Mark, great seeing Mark um, at the draft party. Matter of fact, I believe him and Lisa did a, a two-minute warning. Um, that's one thing we didn't um, touch on. Tom and Tony, you didn't get a chance to um, go down to Paycor on, on Thursday night, but uh, great job by the Bengals um, putting together that draft party. A lot of great players there. Um, I believe this is probably the first time Kitten has been back at, at Paycor in a while. Of course, Kenny was there. Um, our show favorites, Dave and, and Dan Horde, were there. So that's one thing I'd be remiss not to mention. Kudos to the um, – to the Bengals for um, for what they did. Oh, it's a love affair with uh, Miles Murphy by the Morans. Timothy Lyons says Chase Brown. Mark uh, excited about two. Big Ten guy. Mark must be. Let's see. Mon battle. Let's see Murphy Brown. Let's see here. I think it's easy to play over here. They make too much. Another Chase Brown. Somebody oh, likes my wide receiver from Princeton. What's going on? Yeah. Okay. So Brown Murphy, uh, Brown and Murphy look like the, um, the the two favorites. So let's see here, man. It's uh, let me pull this up. Let's see who's uh, man. We really need uh, Lisa's two minute warning. So for now, we're gonna use this one. Hey, folks. It's time. For the two-minute warning. All righty, Tony. You get to uh, start us off here tonight. Final thoughts, wrapping up a, uh, a fun draft weekend in uh, Kansas City. The three of us um, stayed back here, let our fearless leader go and, and have fun with um, Brandon. Go ahead and um, end the show for us. So I uh, appreciate uh, everyone and uh, who uh, contributed to the foundation uh, for the first race of the year. Appreciate that. We're off to a good start, $2,500 uh, to get us going for the campaign. Um, as for the draft, um, what I loved about the draft was just seeing our overall scores, um, you know, our grades being in the A's, A minus. Um, it seems like the last couple of years with the, with the free agency and the draft, we're doing better and better and we're getting the right key pieces. So, Looking forward to the competition for uh, uh, positions and uh, having people work for it, and looking for uh, looking forward to the year. We're ready to go. Well, thanks, thanks, Tony. Again, look forward to uh, more of the charity work. Again, if you didn't get a chance to um, donate, I'm going to put um, that charity in the chat there one more time. If you'd like to donate to what um, Keith does, or if you'd like to um, help out in any way for May 27th, I think you said, Tony. Um, you can find the particulars there. Tom, before you end it, go ahead and give um, our listeners kind of a recap of what our plan is going forward as we enter what is the off-season. Yeah, our off-season, we, we go dark, although we're not working, and it's it's really odd for for those you see and, and those regular members that you don't see. Uh, and James will confirm it. We seem to talk, communicate, and see each other more when we're off the air than when we're on the air every week. But this will be our last show for a little while. Um, we will come on with a special show draft night. So when they're going to announce, or pardon me, schedule night. Schedule, so when night. The schedule is 
released and dropped, which I believe tentatively is May 11th. Does that sound right, James? Yeah, which is uh, not this Thursday coming up, but the following Thursday, uh-huh. so two Thursdays but from now. Be checking us on social media. We'll we'll confirm it, and, and the time we'll be reacting and reporting uh, about the Bengals' schedule live. So, you know, everybody can plan their away games and, and everything else and all the other dates that are special this coming year. But uh, other than that, we'll, we'll be off pretty much uh, until the Sunday after the 4th of July. We will also be getting ready, though, for as James just put up. I hope he puts it up again. Jungle to the Hall 3, 2023 edition at the banks. We want to fill the banks up with orange and black. And we want to celebrate Ken Riley going into Canton and really bust our butts as fans to push and support the election of Ken Anderson and Willie Anderson in along with some of our other deserving Bengal greats. But it's going to be that. It's going to be fun. It's a day to celebrate fandom, talk football with everybody, and also get to meet some Bengal legends uh, after our program, which is at two. I think from one to two is kind of open. There's going to be some music. Two o'clock, the the program. Uh, Ken Anderson is confirmed. I do we have Willie confirmed yet, James? It's tentatively. Uh, it's not. Yeah. It's, it's, let's put it this way. He's been it's, the last two, so uh, yeah. let's hopefully he can uh, make it's, that back. It's again. in. It's in pencil for Willie, but Dave Lapham, Dan Horde. Uh, Jimmy will have Jimmy because we're going to have a boatload of ex Bengals there this year. And then after uh, the program at two o'clock, there'll be a, a chance to meet all those Bengal legends, maybe get a selfie and an autograph. So please, June 10th, figure on coming down to the banks and uh, we'll have Jimmy repost everything so you can get signed up and get your pass. But uh, we want to jam it with uh, orange and black for those deserving Bengal legends and uh, come hang out with James and talk football. May 11th, Lisa Lisa posted that's a Hubbard Fulling event, which I believe is sold out. Um, I believe you had to pre-register for that. So um, for those going to Sam Hubbard's charity event, that will also coincide with the um, schedule release. And stay tuned for the show um, about that. But again, June 10th, social media tickets, 100% free. Come on down to the banks. 15 to 20 former Bengals will be down there. Um, get a chance to get their autograph. Get a chance to – oh, time. looks like you're getting ready to say something. Well, I was going to – is Tony going to a Sam Hubbard's following event? I am. Yep. Okay. I think, I think we can assume that Jimmy is. So it might be for the schedule release show, you might get Uncle James and Tom again. <laughs> and maybe, maybe I'm hearing rumors that – Somebody is coming out of his darkness now. He's he. I did get a message. He's very fired up over the record five Canadians being drafted into the NFL. Oh gosh! Oh gosh! Gosh! Anyways, anyways, mark your calendar. Uh, Sam Hubbard event May 11th. Jungle to the Hall June 10th. And um, again, we appreciate everyone uh, for joining us. We appreciate Jay Morrison of The Athletic for, for coming on again. If you're not a subscriber to that, we invite you to do so. Hope uh, Jimmy and Brandon have a safe trip back from Kansas City. Uh, here, Paul, perfect timing. Do we need passes? What we do, um, Paul, is like to get a, a decent head count of who's going to be down there. I think there's already over 500-plus tickets um, 
sold, committed, I say sold, uh, people have signed up for. So if you could just go on, sign up, that way we can have a decent RSVP. Be the yeah. RSVP. We would certainly um, appreciate that. And uh, again, let's um, keep pushing it strong on, on social media. Let's stay positive. Uh, Bengals fans, we have a lot to be excited for. Um, the NFL is just keeps turning. You know, we go from the draft to the schedule release to the OTAs. You know, we just see our Bengals family 365, 12 months out of the year. And, and it's a lot of fun. So appreciate everybody for uh, watching us. Who day? Excited about okay. the draft class. And uh, we'll see you in a little bit. Good day, everybody. Thank you. Good day. Good day.